the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You know, I've had people uh, come to me and they say, you know, Pastor, I don't understand it. I, I, I can share the gospel with friends. I can share it with strangers. I can share it with coworkers. But when I try to share it with my family, it's just so, so difficult. And of course, one of the reasons for that is no one <laughs> knows you better than your family. And that's one of the evidences of Christ's deity. His family accepted him as Savior. And of course, there were many other evidences that we still have difficulty with today. The Bible does not say that Joseph and Mary had no union. What it does say is that Joseph had no union with her until she gave birth to a son. More on that in just a moment. Welcome to another edition of Study Verse by Verse from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, featuring the teaching of Pastor Leighton Sheely. Now, there have been people who have had a challenge with that. They, there was an idea that uh, Mary was perpetually a virgin. That was uh, created in about the second century. So they had to do something with the, this, these, this word brothers. And so one suggestion was that it, that it referred to the descendants of Joseph from a previous marriage. But there's nothing in history and there's nothing in the scriptures that suggests that at all. And then another way that it's been interpreted is that it doesn't really mean brother, it means cousin. But the problem with that is the word cousin is used in the New Testament, and there is a specific word for cousin. It's used, for instance, in Colossians 4.10. Uh, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you, and Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. So if he's talking about cousins, why didn't he use the word cousin? Why did he use the word brother? Um, Jesus, the, the, the reference here is to Jesus' brothers, or more precisely, half-brothers, descendants of Mary and Joseph. Matthew chapter 13, Matthew chapter 13 reveals not only that Jesus had brothers and sisters, but it also provides us some of their names. Matthew 13, 54 says, And coming to his hometown, he, that is Jesus, taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Joseph, his father, was a carpenter. Is not his mother called Mary? And are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And are not all his sisters with us? He also had sisters. Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and in his own household. And so Matthew 13, 55 gives us a list of names of the brothers of Jesus Christ. James, Joseph, Simon, and Jude or Judas. Now they didn't believe in Jesus at this time, but later they would come to believe in him. In fact, his brothers James and Jude wrote epistles, books of the New Testament that bear their names. And James became a leader of the Jerusalem church. Now, some have said, Pastor, are you suggesting this in any way diminishes uh, Mary? And no, I'm not by any means wanting to diminish Mary. 
out of all of the women in the history of the world, God chose Mary, the Virgin Mary, to be the mother of his child and son. And she was, one of the, she was the most faithful believer, even there as he hung on the cross. Now, the meaning of Heizen in this context is to do something without letting others know what, it, uh, what one is doing. And, and it makes sense that, it, that no one works in secret if he wants to be known publicly. Jesus was claiming to be the Messiah. His brothers thought, well, if you're claiming to be the Messiah, why are you doing things quietly? Why are you doing things in Galilee? And so what they did is they, they forced him. They wanted to force him to go to Jerusalem. They gave him a dare. We dare you to go to Jerusalem. To, to, to be in Galilee and do what he, uh, what he was doing is far from the capital. And it was like doing things in secret as far as they were concerned. Jerusalem, that, that was the key point. And so what his brothers did is, is challenge Jesus to perform his miracles on the grand stage that Jerusalem would provide at the Feast of Tabernacles. And they, they reasoned that the, the believers from Galilee would be there and, and people from Judea, and they would all see what Jesus was doing. Now, some have suggested, well, they were really zealous for the Jesus to reveal his glory. But that's not what they were about, as verse 5 tells us. It tells us not even his brothers believed in him. Not even his brothers believed him. And that explains why they spoke the way they did. You know, in another uh, chapter, Mark chapter 3, they thought that Jesus had lost his mind. Um, it took the resurrection for them to become, become convinced that Jesus was indeed the Son of God. You know, I've, I've had people come to me and they say, you know, Pastor, I don't understand it. I, I, I can share the gospel with friends. I can share it with strangers. I can share it with coworkers. I get, I get, but when I try to share it with my family, it's just so, so difficult. That's the way it is. The fact that Jesus' brothers eventually came to faith in Jesus, that he was the Son of God, is one of the great evidences we have that Jesus was indeed who he claimed to be. You know, if, if I ever had delusions of grandeur, and I started going to, and telling people, I am God, I would probably get a crowd, because we are close to San Francisco. So I, I could probably get a crowd, but I... I can guarantee you that my brothers would not be in it, okay? Because <laughs> they grew up with me, and they know better. Uh, verse 6, Jesus said to them, My time has not yet come, but your time is always here. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify about it that its works are evil. You go up to the feast. I'm not going up to this feast, for my time has not yet fully come. After saying this, he remained in Galilee. So he says, my time is not here yet. He wasn't going to allow his brother's prodding and skepticism to dictate his action. He was operating according to the Father's plan and the Heavenly Father's timetable. He, he frequently spoke about his hour or his time. But the word that Jesus used here is different than the word that he used elsewhere. Elsewhere, he used the word hora, which means a specific hour, a specific time, that is destined by God. It's not movable. It's not avoidable. It is a specific time. But the word that Jesus uses here is not hora, but kairos. And the characteristic of kairos is it means an opportunity. 
It, it means the best time to do something. It means that when, when the circumstances are most suitable. He was saying that it was not the moment that would give him the best opportunity to accomplish what God had called him to accomplish. And that explains why Jesus later did go to Jerusalem. He's saying here simply, if I go up with you now, I will not get the opportunity that I'm looking for. This time is not opportune. And so he delayed his going until the middle of the festival. Now, by contrast, his brother's time was always opportune. Because they were part of an unbelieving world. They were not aware of or concerned with God's plan or God's timing. They knew nothing of God's plan, nothing of his timing. They were indifferent to his guidance. They're set in strong contrast to Jesus. Because they didn't have any divine commission to accomplish. For them, it didn't matter. One time is just as good as another. And unlike Jesus... They were not going to face any hostility in Jerusalem. The world did not hate them because they were part of the world. And the world always loves its own. So it didn't matter if or when the brothers went to Jerusalem because nobody would notice and nobody would care. Because his brothers were in tune with the world, they didn't make it uncomfortable. But the world, as Jesus reminded his brother, hates me because I testify about it that its works are evil. The world is hostile to Jesus Christ. And the reason is that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And light reveals everything that's wrong. It reveals sin. It condemns sin. And that's one of the reasons that he's hated even today. He condemns sin by his very existence, his very life, his very testimony. It raises hostility in men's hearts who are given to evil. So, because it wasn't the right time yet, Jesus refused his brother's request. He said, you go up to the feast. Now, he probably chose not to go with them because doing so would have resulted in traveling in a large caravan of familiar people. The people that knew each other tended to travel together in groups. Do you remember the story about uh, Jesus at the age of 12, when the family and the, and the town went to Jerusalem for uh, some feast, and then as they were coming home, it took three days for Joseph and Mary to figure out Jesus wasn't with them. And they had to go back to Jerusalem. So, you know, if he was traveling on the way to Jerusalem with that group, everybody would have known he was with them, and their hearts would have been stirred and so forth. And it might have led to an attempt to make him, uh, take him by force and make him king, like it happened in the previous chapter. Or it might have triggered a uh, premature triumphal en- entry, which was not scheduled in God's plan to happen f- for another six months. Uh, and that, or, or it might have sparked a confrontation with the Jewish leaders before the proper time. Um, so there was a reason why he chose to travel uh, quietly rather than in that caravan. Leon Morris wrote, there's a difficulty here for after saying this, Jesus does later go to Jerusalem. It is important, accordingly, to notice that the use of the present tense does not exclude subsequent action of a different kind. Jesus simply says that the brothers should go, go now, and he separates himself from them. Moreover, what they are urging him to do is to go up to keep the feast. And this Jesus did not do, neither then nor later. He was absent for a good part of the ceremonies, perhaps for all of them. He went up to give a certain teaching not to observe the feast in the manner of a pilgrim. 
He is refusing to go up at their request, but he is not refusing to go up to Jerusalem. I think that's important for us to understand. Some of our translations uh, don't communicate that nuance clearly to us, but some do. Uh, For instance, the King James Version translates verse 8, Go ye up unto this feast, I go not up yet unto this feast. The New International Version of 1984, You go to the feast, I am not yet going up to this feast. The Amplified Bible, Go to the feast yourselves, I am not yet going up to the festival. So Jesus did not say that he would not attend the feast at all, but rather he would not go with his brothers in the manner that they expected. I really appreciate Pastor Leighton Sheely's approach to teaching as he takes these verses and pulls them apart and exegetes them in such a detailed way. We're going to continue in the book of John, the seventh chapter tomorrow on our broadcast. I sure hope you can be with us and you'll find this kind of teaching on a regular basis at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno and uh, details about the service times and the location of the church are on their website at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. And mention that you listen to the broadcast if you do visit the church. I'm Mike Trout. Thanks again for joining us. Be back tomorrow at this same time as we open the Word of God and study verse by verse.